1: Hey everyone,
2: welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart,
1: comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist.
2: In this episode, we're talking about
1: the Pentagon
2: Papers. So grab your whistleblower. And let's get civical. hello everybody hello everyone welcome back to let's get civical i am lizzie stewart and i am arden Wallentowski, and we are in a, a catastrophic event
1: oh my gosh we are
2: we are living in in smoke and ash and it feels like the end of the world We've both been in our houses for too long, so who knows what this episode's gonna sound like. Oh my gosh. Because I feel (laughs) stir-crazy.
1: I feel stir-crazy. It's, you know, reminiscent of the pandemic, but, you know, in, in 70s orange, it's... Yeah. Truly. Truly, truly wild. Truly wild. Yes.
2: So, um... Send up good vibes. Well, by the time this comes out, I hope on my hands and knees that the, oh the smoke in the air would have, <laughs> will have dissipated. But just send good vibes that it doesn't come back around anytime soon. Oh send good vibes to Canada. Like, geez, Louise, let's put a put a band-aid on that and get that squared away because I'm not loving this new
1: normal. This no. isn't my vibe. No, no. Post-apocalyptic does not look good on me. No, this is. I don't want this apocalypse too. We've already done one, one apocalypse per yeah. lifetime. I'm good. We're good.
2: Yeah, we've done our I think time. That is
1: more than fair. It's more than more fair. Than fair.
2: We're good. But in a unrelated, not apocalyptic, but a profound moment in our nation's history, you could say apop- apocalyptic in the um the bombshell information that uh it provided. Today we're talking about the Pentagon Papers. Oh, that was
1: so good! Did you see I how was I did like, that? "What is she gonna say right now? Where oh, is she going? Where is she going? Where is she going?" She did yeah. great work. That was excellent. Yeah, yeah.
2: Thank you so much. I mean, when you sent me this episode, I was like, "Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah." I'm kind yeah. of surprised we've it's never done time. this. It's about time. We've talked to one of the people. Yeah surrounding this yeah we have event but we've never actually talked about the pentagon papers i know it's crazy yeah it's
2: crazy it's one of those things it's one of those episode topics where when you sent it to me i was like haven't we done this i know
1: i actually had to go into (laughs) and it's that thing
2: of like did you check (laughs) i did i checked
1: i went into the i went back into our files and i was like i I control left pentagon and i was like wow we've done the Mm -hmm. building Right. And we've talked to to but the not. senator, but we've not actually done the Pentagon yes. Papers.
2: Yep. Oh, we've not done the Pentagon Papers. So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing today. I know you've all been craving it. I'm excited to do it. I think it's a... It's one of those things that to me is like, this is a great story. Yeah. You know, like, this is and has makes great film, like, narratives. Yes, yeah. Just the the tension and the drama and the the secrets and the in the in the leaks mm-hmm. it's all very melodramatic so let's dig in well i'm feeling yeah. a little wild and crazy cuz smoke is making its way through my lungs <laughs> the toxins are rising let's get going the toxins are rising in my body i'm not well <laughs> we're going to have a great time today <laughs> But before we jump in, do you want to talk about
1: today's sources? Yes, we have two strong heavy hitters today. So we're doing, we've got history.com and some great information from UVA, the University of Virginia, the Miller Center. They had some great info on the whole Nixon piece of it and some great writing Mm. from them and just background and his perspective and his staff and um that that whole that whole side of it was really interesting yeah. um yeah
2: i feel like whether we intend to or not all roads somehow
1: lead back to nixon <laughs> yeah it's 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 yeah i feel like 2023 has been our our yeah. our nixon year like we cannot get away from him it's
2: our nixon year yeah and it's so unintentional it's just like we're talking about this thing and somehow and then it comes back up Nixon finds his way I swear to god love like it. we could
1: be talking about Teddy Roosevelt and it'd be like and then Nixon appeared on horseback
2: Yeah You know it could be interesting I'm not 100% sold cuz I don't uh like Nixon obviously just as like a, a as a person well, um, but I love his drama love the drama very dramatic There could be there could be a Biopic, biopic at some oh. point on Nixon. I think that could be interesting. Oh. I'm really interested specifically about what he did post presidency. Like, where do you go after you resign from the presidency? Like, True. like what how did he like live out the rest of his days? Right, try right, right. So something to chew on. I'm not convinced yet, but
1: like we could do that. I'm on board. I'm on could. board.
2: Okay. Okay, food for thought, food for thought, something to chew on. Not right now though, because we've done too much Nicks. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll we'll save it for a special occasion. But let's jump into this episode, starting with kind of as we always do, a little bit of an overview, just for people who may be joining us and going, I have no idea what you're talking about, which is totally fine. Totally fine. You don't have to know what the Pentagon papers are or were. I'm about to tell you the brief overview, and then we're going to get into it. So here we literally go. The Pentagon Papers was the name given to a top-secret Department of Defense study of U.S. political and military involvement in Vietnam from 1945 to 1967. As the Vietnam War dragged on, with more than 500,000 U.S. troops in Vietnam by 1968, Military analyst Daniel Ellsberg, who had worked on the study, came to oppose the war and decided that the information contained in the Pentagon Papers should be available to the American public. So we've taught we touched on this in many episodes, the overall discontent surrounding the Vietnam War. And here comes these papers that have as we're going to talk about, potentially some not great information in them to sort of use to, to further the agenda of we shouldn't be here. This isn't a good war that we're in. Right. Daniel Ellsberg photocopied the report. And in March of 1971, he gave the copy to the New York Times, which then published a series of scathing articles based on the report's most damning Secrets. A true, like, what do we classify this as a whistleblower or a leak?
1: I would say this is a whistleblower, yeah. I think it depends on your interest and your perspective.
2: (laughs) On, on like, how your interest in, like, staying in the Vietnam War and and all of that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like, or, you know, is it a, do you want it to keep quiet or, or or are you glad it got out? You know, like, if you want it hush hush, then it's a leak. If you're like, thank God we now, have this confirmed, then it's a whistleblower, you know? Right. right. That's how I always, because it, it, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just like, do you think this information getting out is good or bad? Right.
2: Right. Are you trying to expose something to prevent harm from happening? Which I feel like is like the term we give to whistleblowers of like, you guys need to know that this is happening because it can cause real harm. At least in recent we've had a lot of whistleblowers in the past like 5 years. So that's right. that's the sense I've gotten from that. Right. Whereas leaks have been like the stuff that we're leaking maybe isn't harmful information, but it mm, because it is now true. known information, it is harmful that like like intelligence or- that like, you know, Leaking right. where armies are based, like right. that's or, that's not helpful to the safety of the U.S. If, if right, right, know right. That.
1: That's true. Or like the the SCOTUS, um, that that I forget even the the nature of the leak now, but like that SCOTUS was going to vote to overturn Roe v. Wade before it did. Yeah, like that is a yeah. leak. You know, there's no like yeah damage.
2: It's just letting people know. It's what's, just letting people know it's going to happen. Yeah, a for a uh, like. It's like a spoiler. Right, right, right. Whereas a whistleblower is like this thing that isn't supposed to be happening is happening.
1: There's a it's like there's a Venn diagram. There's right. There's a Venn diagram. Exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
2: Love it. Well, he's blowing the lid off this whole Vietnam War stuff.
1: Yeah. So it all started with a study in 1967. <laughs> what?
2: No, it's just like of course. Of course it yeah. does. It always starts with a study. It always
1: starts with a study. It starts with a study. It starts with a
2: caravan. It starts with people just gathering information and being like, wait a second, we're doing something really bad.
1: <laughs> we're doing something really bad. The, but the funny thing about like all of this, and I love that this all starts with a study. Like they were, they were studying like how we got into the Vietnam War and, and like what the, you know, the government was telling us about its reasons for getting into the Vietnam War. But, you know, years from now when, when somebody does whatever the equivalent of a podcast is, you know, in a hundred years or 200 years, they're going to be like, it all started with a TikTok video and it just doesn't have the same cachet, you know, like it's, it doesn't have the same cachet, it doesn't have the same, it's like, that just sounds so stupid. (laughs) And But now like in the 1960s, it all started with like, it all started with a study. Very dignified. Very dignified. In 1967, at the request of U.S. Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara, a team of analysts working for the Department of Defense prepared a highly classified study of the U.S. political and military involvement in Vietnam from the end of World War II until the present day at the time. The official title of the study was the Report of the Office of the Secretary of Defense Vietnam Task Force. It's a bad, it's a bad title. It's a bad title. It's a bad title. It's, it's like, the worst. Wah, wah, I mean, wah, honestly, wah, like,
2: wah, wah. I'm sure we'll get to who coins uh, Pentagon Papers, but, like, great title.
1: Great title. We Pentagon get it. Pentagon
2: Papers is such a great, succinct, yummy, jazzy title that the fact that the original was reported the Office of the Secretary of Defense Vietnam
1: Task Force, like, I'm asleep. Uh, it's so, it's so wordy. There's, like... As many prepositions in that title as there are pieces of, like, as there are nouns that give me information.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't have to tell me the whole story in the title. No. And it's just a list. Let me read
1: the report. It's just a list of titles. It's It's just two titles. Office of the Secretary of Defense Vietnam Task Force. What? That tells me nothing. Yeah. In preparing the study, which was labeled Top Secret, the analysts drew upon classified material from the archives of the Department of Defense... State Department, and Central Intelligence Agency. Completed in 1969 and bound into 47 volumes, it contained 3,000 pages of narrative along with 4,000 pages of supporting documents. Daniel Ellsberg, let's remember his name. He's a very importante. Mm-hmm. Who had served as a U.S. Marine Corps officer from 1954 to 57 and worked as a strategic analyst at the RAND Corporation, And the Department of Defense had been an early supporter of U.S. involvement in Indochina and had worked on the preparation of the 1967 study. So Daniel Ellsberg is a government guy and then went to go work for the Rand Corporation. And he was like pro the Vietnam War, pro involvement. Yeah. Pro, pro like, let's go fight this war. Yeah, and he gets involved with the study.
2: Well, I feel like he his journey feels like a summary of honest, like what feels like the majority of Americans' journey with the Vietnam War, which is like super pro at the beginning because we're told it's about you know this fight of communism and like overthrowing and like all of this stuff. It feels like a continuation of the work that was being done in World War II in many ways, right? cut two. we actually see what's actually happening and what the facts actually are and
1: everybody's like
2: wait right, right. no this isn't this is different this, this is, is not different. good
1: no this is different this is different. this is not good this isn't what we agreed to right by 1969 however Ellsberg had come to believe that the war in Vietnam was unwinnable he also believed that the information contained in the Pentagon Papers about U.S. decision making regarding Vietnam should be more widely available to the American public. Some of the most damning information in the Pentagon Papers indicates that the administration of John F. Kennedy had actively helped overthrow and assassinate South Vietnamese President Ngo Jing Jim in 1963. The report also contradicted official U.S. government pronouncements about the intensive bombing of North Vietnam, which the report stated as having no real impact on the enemy's will to fight, so the report is like, "Uh, we've been lying. We've been lying."
2: And there's like <laughs> immense provocations, yes. provocations, whatever provo- that word is, provo- provo- on provocations. our end. Yeah, provocations. That's what it. Was, that's <laughs> I can't talk. Um, on our end, and it's it's not. It's so not that. Vietnam leadership was doing necessarily like super harmful things. Like it, it's just re like we did a lot of questionable things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually not a justified war that we're sending five hundred thousand troops to. Right. Like we shouldn't be there. This isn't our fight to fight. No. Whatever it's going on. Yeah. So our sort of whistleblower, Daniel Ellsberg. He is a supporter of the Vietnam War, basically finds out what really is going on through working on this report, and then makes the decision that, you know what, the people need to know. I got to get this report to the American people. So he goes in search of, you guessed it, a publisher. Let's talk about how he got this to be public. Initially, Ellsberg turned to members of Congress, such as Senator J. William Fulbright, Senator Charles Mathis Jr., Senator George McGovern and Congressman Paul McCloskey in the hope that one of them would be willing to enter the Pentagon Papers into the congressional record. So if it goes into the congressional record, it becomes public available information. So it's kind of this like government sanctioned making this information public. Yeah. All four declined, but Ellsberg's efforts were not entirely fruitless mcgovern suggested he provide his copies to either the new york times or the washington post so mcgovern's <laughs> like no yeah but here's my card
1: <laughs> right 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 he's like i don't think that is the pro- like I, no but have you heard of the press but, they do yeah. love story
2: yeah like like a kind of Semi-endorsement of what he's trying to do. Right. But he just can't have his name on it. No, no. In March of 1971, Ellsberg showed the study to Times reporter Neil Sheehan. The Times knew the story was big. Sheehan and a few select colleagues sequestered themselves in the New York Hilton to sort through thousands of photocopied pages, while Times management decided whether to risk publishing highly classified materials isn't what
1: movie is this based off of
2: there was one that came out isn't it tom hanks uh is it tom hanks it's you know um, what i'm talking
1: about i do i saw it and i was like oh this film actually did i feel like a really good job of um, oh wait no that was the that was the po-
2: i'm thinking of the post
1: oh it is it, is it a different thing. it is called the post is it it but is this the post is-
2: Oh, so this is about the Washington Post's journey to publish it.
1: Yeah, because the Times published it first. But then but then I, I think initially, like, the there was debate about okay, I, maybe the Washington Post got it first. And then they turned it down because they were like, we can't do that. Like, these are government secrets. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, but the Times didn't think there was any problem with that. And so then they did. And then eventually they did team up and we're going to talk about it, but not team up, but they, um, there was a, the Supreme court case, you know, but the post, yeah, the movie, the post is about this. Okay. I was like,
2: I know this, like all of these names are seeming. They're
1: very familiar. Yeah. Anyhow. The post is a great movie.
2: On June 10th. So this was in March that Ellsberg is talking to the New York times and then they start their journey of looking at thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of classified material. On June 10th, word reached Sheehan that against the advice of Lord Day and Lord, the paper's law firm, the Times had decided to go ahead. Editors would use the Pentagon Papers to analyze the war and publish dozens of pages verbatim, with the first selection appearing on Sunday, June 13th, 1971. Mm -hmm. That day's front page carried an article by Sheehan, quote, Vietnam Archive Pentagon Study Traces Three Decades of Growing U.S. Involvement. It's the title of the article. It was, the Times announced, part one of a series. So they're like, you think this is just a one and done?
1: We got so much to go You through. gotta come back for more. This shit bananas.
2: We're gonna take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors.
0: Shoppers get it.
1: So that's how the report got from the government, from government hands into press hands through Daniel Ellsberg. Mm-hmm. Because he was trying to get it out into the public. And he tried to go through the government, through elected officials, and they didn't want to have anything to do with it. So when it gets leaked, obviously there are people who are not very happy about it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: One person who was not particularly unhappy, who didn't seem to care much, when it first got leaked, was the President of the United States at the time, President Richard Nixon. It's, I mean, it's funny, like, this article from from UVA, the Miller Center, it wasn't like he didn't care at all, but he was, like, he just seemed to think, like, let the Democrats hang themselves. Like, this seems to be, like, a mm-hmm. Democratic problem. Um, mm-hmm. he, so, did, he
2: didn't. I don't think he realized the effects of this coming out. No, I don't. I when don't, it initially came out. And no. I think he was like, okay, well, looks like they've done it. It looks like they've done themselves in. Good luck. And right. then I think he realized... Oh my God! I'm the president of the United States. Hold right, on. this affects me. This oh, affects shoot. me. Shoot! This affects shoot. <laughs> me.
1: Because even though this might not be something that happened under my watch, I am now the president, and I have to take care of this. Yeah, you have oh, to do. You have to clean good up God the damn. mess. Of... I have to clean up the mess. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Dick, you gotta do it. Yeah, you gotta do it.
1: So taking legal action against the Times was not Nixon's first instinct. There was a June 13, 1971 conversation with his national security advisor, Henry Kissinger, in which the president recognized that the Pentagon Papers could help him politically by reminding readers that the Vietnam War was the product of his predecessor's mistakes. He's like, do you remember those other guys before me? kennedy and johnson so
2: yeah he's like these are like this isn't me i what's so funny about yeah. nixon's reaction in this moment is he's acting like the vietnam war is like truly over and it's not no <laughs> like, it's still
1: he's still responsible actively happening. For and it he's like
2: that war that my predecessors the dummies are were involved in i mean isn't that horrific how stupid are they right and then like an aide walks over to him and he's like mr president the war, is still, the going war on. is still going on. And he's like,
1: Oh no! <laughs> I am a guest. What are we going to do? Well, I never. <laughs> so Nixon and Kissinger both assumed mistakenly that the release of the study was timed to affect an upcoming vote on the McGovern Hatfield Amendment, which would require the withdrawal of US forces from Vietnam. So they. Not only are they thinking that, like, okay, there's the leak of this study, like it it only really negatively affects the way people see Democrats because this mm-hmm. is a Democratic war because it happened under two presidents who were Democrats, but also the Democrats right. are trying to pass this amendment to end the war, so, and it's happening at the at that time, so obviously it's their leak, so let them hang themselves. Yeah have fun right they're making all of these political calculations which are incorrect because it had nothing to do with them these the like daniel ellsberg had gone to the dem to the democratic rep to democratic representation and and i yeah. think a few republicans too and been like hello please help me and then been like no we don't no. want to help you <laughs> go to the press no. and that's exactly what he did go to the press
2: Yeah, I and this is why, again, it kind of brings me back to why I think we should do a biopic biopic on Nixon, because like when you really go macro to his time in office, it is a series of like political mistakes in judgment that he makes, like starting (laughs) from the very beginning of being like, I'm going to record myself saying every thought in my head.
1: (laughs) Oh my God! For posterity, right? And
2: and ending with you know, yeah, this is just this isn't about us. The Vietnam, blah, 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 blah. don't worry about it. That's like Nixon, my guy. Come
1: on, buddy. Finger talk about finger. Nowhere near the pulse. Nowhere near the pulse. He never had it right. He never, never had, had it, right. it right. So to be short, Nixon did denounce the publication of the study as treasonable because they are government secrets, but. He decided that the administration should just plow ahead and clean house of disloyal people. Sure. Yeah. As promised, Monday, June 14th brought another front-page article by Sheehan. Quote, Vietnam Archive, a consensus to bomb developed before 64 election, study says, which was the title of the next installation of the series from the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Nixon's disposition changed little and he remained resigned to continued publication.
2: I think he didn't care if there was more like he still doesn't care.
1: Oh yeah, he still doesn't care.
2: Yeah. He's like, "Okay, keep keep posting. Keep posting.
1: Keep going. Keep going."
2: I'm not phased. This isn't this not my monkey, not my circus. That's what Nixon is saying. Not my oh, monkey, yeah, not, not my, not my circus. circus. And everybody's like, "You are the monkey. Mm-hmm. This
1: is the circus." Right. <laughs> you right. And and not only that, you do own the circus cuz you're the ringleader of it. You're
2: the commander in chief of the army that is currently still in Vietnam. Right.
1: <laughs> right. During a conversation with one of his aides who had told the president that Attorney General John Mitchell wanted to warn the paper against further publication, Nixon focused on finding out who leaked the Pentagon Papers, not on stopping their publication. While Nixon was under the impression that a telegram to the Times would be a low-key request for cessation of publication, the message sent by the Department of Justice was anything but. It was a threatened, it was it threatened criminal prosecution under the Espionage Act. So he doesn't care <laughs> if they're publishing the stuff really. He's just yeah, like fine. He just wants the rat. He wants the rat, but he also they tell him they're not gonna go too harshly, but then they're like, cause they're like, no, no, no. It's gonna we're just gonna send like a hey, please stop, please don't, please stop, yeah. please don't publish anymore. Okay, thanks, bye. And then they're like, we're going to come fucking get you. And it's going to be under this thing that we haven't used since we used to gambling, like, do your children. Right. Since we used to, like, you know, duel each other with pistols and kill each other because, yeah. you know, out of honor and shit. Like, that's when that act was written. And that's what we're going to come get, like, these reporters with.
2: Yeah. I mean, what do you expect from the Department of Justice? Like, if, uh, to me, a friendly telegram from the Department of Justice is threatening criminal prosecution under the U- Espionage Act. Right. Like, it's not That's the softest they can right. go.
1: It's not the singing telegram from Clue. Right, right. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. It's oh. a great scene. Even so, on the evening of June 14th, Nixon remained relatively unconcerned. I love that he's still like, I care, I don't care, I care, I don't Kiss care. Kiss her awesome. I, I don't all. care, I care, I don't care. Whatever. Figure it out. Figure it out. He's relatively unconcerned with what he saw as an unremarkable episode. In a troubled relationship with a cantankerous press, according to most counts, it was Kissinger who was incensed by the leak, fearful that it jeopardized both the United States's chance to develop closer relations with China and its negotiations with the North Vietnamese. Yes, Kissinger is the one who seems to actually care about what happens in these in the war. Like, yes, we need to get out of the war. Well, also,
2: also of course Kissinger cares. Kissinger is the one doing all this crazy shit. This right. dude is capital E evil. So he's like, <laughs> um... People can't know about this. Like, he's the one with blood on his hands. Of course he's pissed off. Like, sure, negotiations are what he's concerned about. It's no, it's finding out that he committed war crimes doing this war. And Nixon's like, oh, Henry, figure it out. Thou
1: doth worry too much, my boy. Thou doth worry too much. But I would hope that Nixon would worry about, you know, negotiations with China. I mean, like. Sure, Come on. We do need
2: this war to end. We do
1: need this war to end. We would like it to end on, you know, the least sour note possible. Yeah. Nixon quickly grew convinced that he was the target of a conspiracy involving the Johnson administration and its officials who had overseen the Pentagon Papers Project.
2: I love it. He's. I love that he latches on to something that is not even... A thought in anybody's mind he's no. like you know he's all of his aides screaming mm-hmm. at him like hey this is really bad this is really bad this is going to cause such destruction and he's like men lbj's at it again yeah he's at it again trying to bring me down and they're like what are you talking about we gotta go to the times we gotta stop this we gotta stop this and He's like somebody put somebody get lbj on the phone get lbj <laughs> on the
1: phone give me rose space mary because you know what I'm going to say some shit right now, and we got to record it.
2: Yeah. We got to put this down. Rosemary, Mary, record this. Here we go. Dear LBJ, <laughs> you think you can come into my house and bamboozle me? You got another thing coming, my guy. And LBJ's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm, I'm in Texas. Like, leave me be. Leave me be. So if you recall, the New York Times gets a telegram from the Department of Justice being like, "Ceasefire fire or else. Mm-hmm. And it was not And the singing. Times is like, yeah, the Times is like, you, you can come back to me when you have a court case that tells me to stop. Otherwise, talk to the hand. Mm-hmm. So, no surprise, this goes uh, directly to the Supreme Court of the United States to get this squared away. In the now famous case of the New York Times company, v. United States, the Times and the Washington Post joined forces to fight for the right to publish. And on June 30th, the United States Supreme Court ruled six to three that the government had failed to prove harm to national security and that publication of the papers was justified under the First Amendment's protection of freedom of the press. So in like, this is something that we just don't see very often no. anymore, where it's like, immediately the Supreme Court takes up this, taste, this case, and immediately it issues a judgment. Right. You know, I feel like maybe Bush v. Gore was the the most oh, recent yeah. big right. moment where this right. happens. Right, because like, otherwise it'd be like, stop what
1: you're doing. We need to, we, it'd be another year before we like had a president.
2: Right, right. It's not the usual, it's an emergency session of the Supreme Court because the stakes are so high. Right. So 6-3, they rule in favor of the, of the press, basically being like, I don't see the harm. You failed, to, you failed to prove the harm. And if there's no harm, freedom of press. Freedom of press. Sorry. In addition to the publication in The Times, The Washington Post, The Boston Globe, and other newspapers... Portions of the Pentagon Papers entered the public record when Senator Mike Gravel of Alaska, an outspoken critic of the Vietnam War, read them aloud in a Senate subcommittee hearing. And if you don't remember, we had an episode with former Senator Mike Gravel. Yeah. Um, go listen to it. It was, it's kind of crazy to, to know that we spoke to him for over an hour. That was awesome. Um, yeah yeah I was just like, it's one of those moments where I'm like, What the fuck is happening? like I in, in in that in that like surreal sense of I know, oh you you' you've seen some shit. Uh-huh. You've done some shit. This is yeah. crazy. yeah. So go check out our episode when we talk to the Senator. These published portions of the Pentagon Papers revealed that the presidential administrations of harry s. truman, Dwight D. Eisenhower, JFK and LBJ had all misled the public about the degree of U.S. involvement in Vietnam, from Truman's decision to give military aid to France during its struggle against the communist-led Viet Minh, to Johnson's deployment of plans to escalate the war in Vietnam as early as 1964, even as he claimed the opposite During that year's presidential election. So it's like, it's so crazy because it's like, I don't think we've had anything like this where it's not only have you been duped by the current administration, you have been duped by how many? One, two, three, four, Nixon makes five administrations on why we're in this war. Right. Like, it's, it's. Profound to be like this has been a decades-long campaign that we've secretly been engaging in all while putting forth like a totally different story to the whole world, basically. Right. B a n a n a s. This shit is bananas. B a n a n a s. This shit is bananas. And Nixon's like, oh.
1: Nothing to do with me. <laughs> not me. This is not my problem. Oh, no, boy. no. So let's talk a little bit about the aftermath. Yeah. Published at a time when support for U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War was rapidly eroding, the Pentagon Papers confirmed many people's suspicions about the active role the U.S. government had taken in building up the conflict. Right. They were like, Let's build us a yummy war.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's literally create a war to then engage in.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because now we've been at war for a very long time, and we don't know what to do with- Very long time. We don't know what to do with all these boys. They need jobs. We don't know how to have have an economy without a war to fund it. Sure. Though the study did not cover the policies of President Richard Nixon, the revelations included within were embarrassing- particularly as Nixon was up for re-election in 1972.
2: Yeah, you want you want I to mean, convince me that Nixon didn't know that this was going on? Like, you get briefed right. when you become the President of the United States. Right. And you
1: made the decision, right, for good or for worse, right. to
2: continue.
1: And also, like, the people, the American people can't, do anything they can't they can be angry at the presidents who did do those things but the only person they could take it out on is the guy still running for re-election so even if it wasn't his fault he didn't own up to it but also like he's the guy in the hot seat now still
2: Mm -hmm.
1: after the supreme court's verdict on june 30th the nixon administration had ellsberg and an alleged accomplice anthony russo indicted on criminal charges including conspiracy espionage and stealing government property you'll love this part the trial began in 1973 but ended in a dismissal of the charges after prosecutors discovered that a secret white house team dubbed the plumbers had burglarized Mm. ellsberg's psychiatrist office in september of 1971 in order to find information that would discredit him. Sound a little familiar. Who and what <laughs> they other really, scandal they love breaking Nixon, into buildings. <laughs> has Nixon hired people to break into buildings.
2: You know what's so sad? Is the phrase, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Nixon failed not once but twice in burglarizing yeah. buildings. It's wild, yeah. How poorly he played every hand he every every moment he was given to be stealthy or or like um, politically savvy. Right. Absolutely fumbled the ball. Fumbled the ball. And every at every test, he was a bad criminal. He was a bad criminal.
1: So I mean the 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 two the plumbers are the two guys who then. Um, were involved in the Watergate break-in, obviously, which led to Nixon's resignation in 1974. Um And then I was flipping through um HBO the, uh, earlier today to put something on. Yeah, there's was, a show. And there's a show called The Plumbers. And I was like, oh, my God. And I clicked on it, and I was like, yep, that's them. I mean, it's not them. It's Woody Harrelson and somebody else. But it's them playing <laughs> them. And, you know, I was playing them. them playing them. And I was like, he was just a
2: bad criminal. He was just really bad. He was a bad criminal because imagine, imagine this, imagine any other scenario, right? You hire somebody to do something, they fail at it, and then you go, okay, I'm gonna hire you again, but the stakes are higher,
0: right? That's these plumbers. Right. They
2: failed at the first break-in, and you mean to tell me that Nixon is like, love these guys, love their work, right, they're gonna right, do right, it again, right, right, and right. except now it's gonna be the DNC, <laughs> right. and the stakes couldn't be higher, <laughs> right? It's crazy. My God. Nixon's so crazy. He? Y'all, I don't know what to do about old Tricky Dick sometimes. My he God. really... He's a wild I don't boy. think we we're... um, We are not better off having him as president, but he did give us a lot of stories. He was not our best choice. Not, not our best choice. Not our best choice. But that is our episode on the Pentagon Papers, y'all. Look... You know, you never know what study is going to blow open American history. I bet we'll see another one in our lifetime. But in the meantime, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.